Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to Authentic Talks. I'm really excited, you guys, because this is the very first show of 2020. Happy New Year to all of you tuning in. And I want to ask for those of you who have not had that opportunity yet to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify or Spreaker, Apple, or any of the platforms where a podcast is offered, please go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button. That way you are notified once the shows are uploaded. And for those of you who are joining the Authentic Talks family uh, for the first time this year, I just want to share with you guys that we have one show per week that is uploaded on Mondays. Also, I'm really excited, you guys, because do you recall we had Stephanie, Ghost, and Paul on the show right before the Christmas holiday? January the 8th, Stephanie is launching or premiering her podcast called Take Nothing When I Die. Go back and listen to that podcast. It was a really great show. Um, Well, she's launching her podcast. It's premiering on the 8th. So be sure to tune in. And if you haven't had that opportunity to follow Stephanie or subscribe to her podcast, please do so. When you listen to the show that uh, we had together called Take Nothing When I Die, the podcast that we recorded in uh, December that aired you guys get all of Stephanie's information she goes into sharing the name of her book she shares her website and and all the platforms that you're able to find Stephanie Ghost and Paul on I also want to say thank you guys so much for your reviews I really do appreciate them I read them and thank you so much for taking the time to do that I'm asking you to continue so if you haven't had a chance to review the show Please take that time on Apple Podcasts or any platform where a review can be submitted and review the show. All right, you guys. So we are going to go ahead and jump on in um, so that we can get this show started. I want to. I will be back after the show to provide some additional information for you, like a phone number, and also um, talk a little bit about. Um, my experience that I have had with the topic that Aaron is talking about today. Stay tuned. Aaron Snyder coming right up. Today we have a special guest in the house, you guys, and I'm super excited to bring to you Aaron. We have Aaron Snyder, and welcome to the show, Aaron. Hey, how you doing? I am doing good. I'm really excited that you're here. I want to share with everyone like what had happened. I ran into um, a page on Instagram and the, the page was called the Mental Health Matters. And this page was so impressive on Instagram that I had to figure out like who was the person behind the page. And I reached out to Aaron because I wanted, it made me feel full to see that someone took the time to post so much information um, on an Instagram page. So I reached out and that's how we have Aaron here. So then Aaron and I recorded a show. The show is really good. And so what happened was Aaron and I recorded the show 
and it was amazing. And then it turned out that the recording didn't go through. So then now we're using something different today in hopes that this will work and that we'll be able to bring this message to you guys. So I'm excited that we're back again and that Aaron has taken the time out to speak with me um, today so that we could get the message out about his page and, and everything that he has going on. So Aaron, are you able to share with me? You have your Instagram page and it's called the Mental Health Matters. Oh. And can you share with us like what motivated you to create the page? Well, the page uh, was started because I am currently writing a book and I, I knew that I couldn't depend on anybody else for a platform. So I decided to uh, make a platform for myself basically to promote the book and increase mental health awareness in the black community without necessarily getting a push from somebody who's already established on social media so that was essentially the reason why I created the page wow that is amazing you did really good because the page looks great and that's how you caught my attention and I love that you're elevating the conversation around um, mental health and so you mentioned that you're going to have a book Mm -hmm. when is your book coming out and what is the name of the book The book is called Black Mental Health Matters. It'll be out early uh, 2020. And um, I'm shooting for around March, but uh, I can't say for sure exactly what day it's going to drop because right now it's in the process of being edited and and mixed and mastered, you know, all the stuff that that, uh, writers have to do before they actually put the finished product out. So once everything is finished, then I'll have a more definite date. But should be out within the next two or three months. Okay, we'll definitely be on the lookout for that book. And you can also come back, of course, once your book is complete. And we can talk about the book a little bit more. For sure. If you want to come back, you're always welcome. Absolutely. I I know the other day when we were talking, you had mentioned to me that there's over 200 disorders. Mm -hmm. And that was pretty shocking to me because I think I have only heard of about a handful. I know that you had mentioned that there was like 200. And what, what are some of the common ones that you would say that all of us were are probably more familiar with? Well, the the most common ones are uh, major depressive disorder, which is known to most people as depression. Then you have generalized anxiety disorder, which is known to most people as anxiety. You have social anxiety disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, which is known as PTSD, bipolar disorder, and OCD. The, The... I'm going to just give you a rundown of each of those disorders that I just mentioned. Major depressive disorder, a.k.a. depression, is a disorder that's mainly characterized by an an excessively low mood. So what I mean by low mood is like extreme sadness, a lack of appetite. Sometimes people who are depressed actually have more appetite as well, uh, sleep disturbance, which is also lack of need for sleep, or maybe even somebody who needs more sleep. And then you also have people that are depressed who have what they call self-deprecating thoughts, which is like basically in layman's terms, somebody beating themselves up about various things that are going on in their life. They just have a very 
pessimistic sort of mood you know they're very very cynical about life when someone is like i never get anything right i suck mm-hmm. i and even if you're trying to lift them up they still they don't receive the the praise or the encouragement yeah yeah that's exactly what it is it, it just uh, a disorder that attacks somebody's mental state in terms of like seeing things through a, a clear perspective you know they always see things through distorted lenses and, and it's just so hard for them to see the positivity in life they're very negatively biased against themselves what do we do when we have someone in our life or we run across someone like that is there anything that that we can do to help them you know the best thing to do to help them and just support them and understand that what they're going through is not a character flaw. It's a, a, a chemical imbalance in this person's brain that's causing them to behave this way. Because a lot of depression symptoms look a lot like laziness. So, so you might have somebody who who's laying around a lot, but it's it's not necessarily because they don't want to get up and be act. Just the chemicals in their body is causing them to lounge around or to be unmotivated and to beat themselves up so just giving them support giving them encouragement encourage them to go and see a therapist and sometimes all it takes is just a push from somebody on the outside to give them that motivation to go and see a therapist and then a therapist is going to change the game for them once they see a therapist you know things are going to be completely different you might see a 180 shift in this person's mentality but a lot of people don't know the basic signs and symptoms to even know that this person that's lounging around and they always talking negative and and they don't have an appetite they don't know that this person is depressed so a lot of times that person never even gets the push to go to therapy you know what happens a lot of times when people are like that um oftentimes you flee from them because you're like okay I've tried to explain to them, like, or help them to become more optimistic. And then after a while, you sometimes a person can feel like it causes them to get on a lower vibration, you know? Uh-huh. And so everybody's now like, I'm raising my vibration, so I don't have time for that. Right. And so they basically try to um, flee so that they don't. It, it's almost like we think a negative mindset is something that. Without understanding depression, we think all you gotta do is just turn on that switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> turn it on, it, and you know it's never that easy. It it, it can't be that easy because if it was that easy, then nobody would ever be depressed. You know. Mm-hmm. I think I have had a form of depression before. I think we all have, yeah. but I don't think I've had it for the amount of time that you said was this this the yeah. sign which was two weeks yeah two weeks uh you have to experience these symptoms on more days than not for a period of at least two weeks so you know everybody goes through depression at some point in their lives but it's a difference between having depression which is normal and chemical depression which is major depressive disorder and major depressive disorder is that two-week period so if you had it for one or two days here and there that's normal but once it extends to uh two or more weeks then it becomes a major depressive disorder and you might need you do need a a therapist to help you out in that situation Mm -hmm. what's happening is that sometimes we um try to diagnose other people oftentimes Mm -hmm. and we like and we're not even like we use bipolar to describe everything Mm -hmm. 
So if we see someone who's like sad a lot, they will even say, gosh, you know, they're negative or they're bipolar mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I know that that is one that I've heard. I have to be honest with you. The first time I heard about now, depression is something that I've heard about probably since I was a little girl. So that's one that's super common. But the one that came up for me, Aaron, that was brand new was probably in 2000 and it was t- around 2006 or 2007 mm-hmm. um, is when I first heard of uh, bipolar. And yeah. I was like, what? By what? Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't even really think that it was a real thing. And I had run into someone that had it and she was explaining that she needed to take medication and. And if she didn't have it, sometimes it would, she would be not balanced and stuff like that. Are mm. you comfortable to talk a little bit about bipolar? Oh, yeah, for sure. Bipolar is basically another form of depression. A lot of people think of bipolar as like somebody that's real wishy-washy. They don't know how to make up their mind. You know, mm-hmm. so that, that's what we usually use the word is bipolar for. Like we usually say like, you acting bipolar right now. But the yeah. truth of the matter is that bipolar disorder is a disorder that's two disorders in one. One disorder is depression, and the other disorder is mania. And uh, it's even in the name bipolar because it's bi as in two, and then it's polar as in polar opposites. So bipolar is mania and depression. So basically it's depression as I was describing to you guys earlier. And then it's mania, which is the exact opposite of depression. It's somebody jumping off the wall. They, they, they just super hyper. They got a lot of energy. They, they can't sit still for five minutes. They, they're talking a mile a minute. They, they're overly confident. And what I mean by overly confident, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, like, for example, I, I had a, uh, a client that he thought that he was a uh he he was talking to me he thought he was a painter he he was talking to me about selling some art to a prolific art dealer even though he he had never painted a day in his life and that, and that's kind of like the 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 stereotypical example of somebody going through a manic state that they think they can do things that they can't do they they just get convinced that they have special abilities or, or or they get convinced that they're superior in ways that they're not. And, and that that sounds good until you really see the, the negative part of that. Like, for example, you know, this guy was working on this art, this, this uh, painting for like four days straight without having any sleep, you know. And that's all fine and good in the moment. But what's going to happen after that? that was four days of staying up. You're going to be extremely exhausted. And he had to go to the hospital for exhaustion because he stayed up for four days straight. So, so bipolar is not nothing to play around with. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I I think that that's one that we do see. Mm -hmm. I have, I do. I now know that I do see people or have been in the company of people that have it and they haven't confessed that they have it, but based off of what you're describing, Mm-hmm. Um, and what we had talked about the other day, it de- I definitely, and you were saying that what we do when, when a person is going through that is to, uh, be empathetic. Yes. Yes. Empathy is the key. I mean, like a lot of times these people are going through 
situations that they have no control over. But seeing that we don't really know what we see in, it's hard to be empathetic and understanding. You're just going off of what you see. You know, you're going off this person acting crazy. So that's what they call it, crazy. You're going off of how abnormal they're acting and you're not realizing that they're having a, 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 a psychotic episode at this moment that needs to be controlled. And, and it can't be controlled by criticism. It can't be controlled by you telling this person, hey, they need to stop doing this. They need somebody who's a, a trained professional to step in and, and help them out. So, like, let's say if we're in a work environment or because mm-hmm. uh, typically you don't really see that. If you see it someplace like in a market or yeah. a gas station, you know, you you can just get in your car and you leave. But let's right. say if we see this at work, you recommend that the person would just go try to comfort them? Well, I would say that would be the first step, yes. Because, I mean, if you read up on it, because in my book I talk about, so if you read up on the symptoms, you'll know what's going on. And then what you do, the first step, yes, comfort them. But then if they can't be comforted, you would want to call a, a a medical professional to to help them and every city I, I don't know what resources are available in Arizona but every city has uh, a psychiatric hospital that that comes and they stabilizes patients when they have psychotic episodes for instance bipolar or maybe a schizophrenic episode or, or whatever the case may be they come out they stabilize the patient and then they can go back on to their regular life after the hospital does what they do. But the whole objective in that moment when they're having a psychotic episode is to keep that person safe. And you keep with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Keep them safe by calming them down. You keep them safe by helping them realize what's happening to them. Because a lot of times people see situations like that and then they just turn up to the same level that the person is turning up to. And that's not helping at all. Two people are acting out in a moment like that. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. I, I, I don't think it's specific to the black community, but I do think that in the black community, mental health isn't something that we talk about because a lot of times people who have mental health issues, they're usually just so far gone on to like being sick that by the time we realize they have an issue, it, it's already almost too late to do anything about it. So everybody that we've ever seen with some type of mental problem is somebody who, who's extremely sick, you know? So a lot of times people associate mental illness with the people who are just completely off their rocker, so to speak, you know what I mean? But the truth of the matter is the stigma 
is what keeps people away from getting that getting the help more so than anything else mm-hmm. the stigma like where they don't want to be seen as crazy or yeah that, and the stigma from other people too because other people a lot of times they don't know what's going on so they are scared or, or they may make fun of you they may ridicule you because like I said before, a lot of times people only hear about mental health when somebody is in jail or, or somebody had to, to uh, go to see a therapist because they were court mandated or they went to a mental hospital or something like that. We don't never hear about the average everyday people who go and see a therapist or the average everyday people who take medication. It's usually the people that are just so far gone on the illness that, you know, you're just seeing the worst of it. You, we don't too much hear about regular every everyday people who have mental illnesses that's so true is is uh is bipolar a thing that develops later on in life or are people born with that well it's not really known for sure whether or not people are born with it or it develops but one thing i can say for sure is that it um, for most people it usually develops in the teen years or early adulthood that's when you start seeing the most symptoms you mentioned that you were going to to share like about ocd yeah ocd i've heard a lot about that but i didn't know that that Uh would be classified as like a mental like a mental illness yes it's a mental illness a lot of people don't know that too because when you hear somebody talking about ocd is usually like in a teasing type of way. Like you, you hear somebody that's like overly anal and you'll say, oh, you man, you got OCD, mm-hmm. you know, or, or even some people might say, I got OCD. Like I hear people say that at work sometimes. They say, oh, I'm sorry, I got, I got OCD. I can't help being so, you know, rigid about things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of them associate, I've heard it used as, uh, oh, I'm OCD. I have to clean everything off. I have associated it with mm-hmm. a person who is overly clean. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that, that can be... If there's a such thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. And that can be a part of it, but, but for the most part, what well, OCD is a disorder that is characterized by obsessions and compulsions. Obsessions are like thoughts, like like say for instance somebody having a thought that let's say their house is going to burn down so so they keep checking their house like they they can't even go to work because they they're so concerned about their house burning down right so they keep mm-hmm. they they might on their lunch break go and check the house and make sure the the stove is off you know or whatever right yeah. and then compulsions are the things that you do to ease the worry of the obsession so so that might be like i said keep going home keep checking on your house keep calling the fire department to to ask them to do a run through or or whatever the case may be so obsessions are the unrealistic thoughts that you have about something happening don't necessarily have to do it with anything about being clean although it can and the compulsions are the actions to which you take to manage that anxiety about that particular situation. What do people do to help themselves with that? Simple. It's all the same thing. Like almost every disorder, the same steps apply. You know, you comfort the person. You you understand that this is a mental illness. This is not a personality trait. You know, this isn't a negative characteristic 
this is an illness in the same way diabetes is an illness, in the same way asthma is an illness, in the same way cancer is an illness. You have to recognize that this is an illness that this person does not have control over. The only difference between diabetes, asthma, cancer, or whatever the case may be, and a mental illness is that the mental illness is something that is in this person's mind, whereas you know, a physical ailment is something that you can kind of see, or at least a doctor can see it on a, on an x-ray or something like that. So you have to understand that this person is not choosing to be this way. You can't just talk them out of this. You have to help them get the necessary treatment that they need. So are all the illnesses after you try to go through the basic, like comforting and everything, mm-hmm. are they all like where people have to take medications to get better? No, you, you for most for the most part, most people who go into mental health treatment, they never ever take any medication for it. Some of them, you do need medication. It, it really depends on how much that illness has developed over time to decide whether or not you need medication. Some people with depression, they can just go to a therapy session and talk with a therapist about those self-deprecating thoughts that they have, and the therapist can kind of challenge those negative thoughts what i mean by challenge those negative thoughts is to provide you with evidence to show that that thought is is unrealistic and uh that might be all that they need just to go to the therapist the therapist helps them challenge those negative thoughts and that's it somebody else might need that and be prescribed medication Somebody else with anxiety, generalized anxiety disorder, which I didn't really talk about yet, they, they might have the same thing, but they might also need medication too. So, I mean, it, it's really a case-by-case way to say how to deal with it. You don't really know until you have that person sitting in front of you and an evaluation from a therapist is made. Do you remember that movie um, that came out? I think it was like in the 80s. It was like Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. did, do you remember, what was it that he had? Is that, I'm asking because I remember mm-hmm. in that particular movie how he was. A lot of us, I mm-hmm. think we, we, we think that that's what, that's yes. how you have to be like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then that makes you qualify to be underneath all, any of those umbrellas. But if a person is functioning, mm-hmm. um, high functioning person, a lot of times we, you know, their energy is off. Yes. They that, don't have that, good energy. Yeah. That's an excellent question. Uh, Forrest Gump, obviously it was a movie, so I, I mean, I'm just right. taking my, my best guess at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But, but Forrest Gump, if I, if I had Forrest Gump as a client, I would say Forrest Gump was probably autistic. And one thing about autism is a lot of people tend to stereotype autistic people. Either they act like Forrest Gump, like they, they're just kind of slow, a little bit slow, but like, very intelligent type of person mm-hmm. or or they see an autistic person and just think that they're very low functioning can't even tie their shoes up right you you know it's, it's yeah, always yeah. like on either one extreme end of the spectrum or another and the truth of the matter is most people with autism are really regular people and you don't really know it like maybe a mental health professional might know that they have autism but the average person don't know and um I would say, like like I said, my best guess is that he was autistic. Mm-hmm. When someone says that a person is autistic, uh-huh. is that the same as saying they have autism? Yeah, that, that's exactly the same thing. Autism oh, okay. and autistic, it, 
it's the same thing. It, it's just a, a different way of saying it, I guess. Autistic people are somebody who has deficits in in their brain functioning. So they so they just process information a little differently. Mm-hmm. Most people with autism are a little I, I wouldn't say strange because that's kind of like stigmatizing them, but yeah, but they different. It, absolutely, yeah, they just different, you know. And, and you usually can tell, like, if you know anything about autism, you can see when somebody is autistic. I forgot to mention to everyone that you you are actually a marriage, a, a relationship. What is it? A family therapist. A marriage, yeah, a marriage and family therapist. Yeah. And when you're in in that particular job, do you have to deal with any of any of the mental illness? Yeah, you you deal with it all. I mean, oh, I didn't know that. A lot of people don't realize that family problems, emotional issues, you know, just typical stuff, marriage problems, are all that stuff falls under mental health as well, substance abuse, all of that. You can go to a therapist for pretty much any problem you have. And most of the couples that I see, they don't have mental illnesses per se. Like they might be mildly depressed. They might have a, a minor uh, anxiety issue or whatever. But but generally, these are just regular people going into therapy, you know. And and and, I'm, and they might have issues about money, or they might have issues about childhood trauma, or, or whatever case may be. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that the other day you had touched upon schizophrenia. Yeah, schizophrenia. That's a disorder that's it's also a brain disorder. It it, it, it affects somebody's uh, perception of reality. So, you know, one thing about schizophrenic people, I think everybody that thinks of mental illnesses, they tend to think <clears throat> about either autism or schizophrenia. You know, they don't really realize all these other things are mental illnesses as well. Yes. They usually stereotype it where you're autistic or you're schizophrenic. Schizophrenia, schizophrenic people are usually those people you see homeless, talking to themselves, you know, wearing an aluminum foil hat, stuff like that. Even though that's very stereotypical of a schizophrenic person, but when you see somebody like that, that's usually the disorder that they have, like... And, and I want to make it clear that most schizophrenic people aren't that far gone in terms of the 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 disorder itself. But I'm just using that to clarify my point. Like when you see somebody and they they're talking to themselves and they're seeing things and, and having those type of hallucinations, that's usually a schizophrenic person that didn't get help and made it. Mm-hmm. It went too far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and that, that's the thing. A lot of times, when, when the reason why you see so many homeless schizophrenic people is because it went so far. They never got a chance to get the help to be a normal functioning member of society. So, you know, somebody who actually did get the help, those are usually people that have the disorder, but you don't even know it because the symptoms are managed. What I'm wondering is if a person has schizophrenia, how do they know the difference from reality versus the hallucinations or, or whatever it is, you know, that they're going through to know that they need help? Is it family and friends that prompts them to know that or? Well, I, I think it starts with family and friends. I think most people who have schizophrenia, they, 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 they you, they're not born with it. I mean, they might have certain genes sort of like 
underlying that can cause schizophrenia, but most people don't always have it. So at some point, they start to notice differences in this person's behavior. And, and then once you start to see that this person is behaving differently, they, they're seeing things, they're hearing things, they're not keeping up with their hygiene, then you start to know, like, okay, maybe they need to get help. And then you take them to go eva- get evaluated by a psychiatrist, not, not a therapist like I am. You go and take them to get evaluated by a psychiatrist or a psychologist. And then once that happens and they get that evaluation, then, then, you know, they, they might go to a therapist like myself or, or a social worker or somebody else. And then they start to learn tools to, to handle the, the disorder. And then they start working with the family and teaching the family certain coping skills to deal with these issues. And then they can become a more functional member of society. But like we said before, a lot of times people don't ever get that treatment. So it gets so bad that they end up being homeless and they begin to be so far from a support system that their symptoms just get out of control. So a person can have schizophrenia and work and and have their own place and take care of themselves Mm -hmm. if it is managed. Absolutely. And that's true with every mental disorder. You know, we, we only really see mental disorders get so out of control when people don't have a support system around. The people that you see on the corner, like these homeless people that are like, you know, like I said, wearing the aluminum foil hat. And I know that's a terrible example, but you see those people, they're the way that they are because they never had a support system. So yes, the average person with schizophrenia, yeah, they can, they can go and work and, and do all these other different things as long as they're taking a medication and they got the proper support systems in place. Absolutely. When I was a little girl, we knew someone that was different. And uh-huh. but he was really smart. Um, he was able to teach us all different types of card games and uh-huh. and he was very respectful and kind. But I noticed that he was different than all of the other adults that were around. They said that he had an accident uh-huh. where a car had went over a ledge or something. And um, uh-huh. and then so he had a brain like a brain injury that uh-huh. happens as an adult that caused it. And so I always thought of recently, I think within over the last maybe 10 years, I always associated someone that I had seen that was different. Um, Sometimes I thought that it was because they had used or abused drugs and that it was uh, something that they brought on that way. Yeah, a lot of times drugs can bring out mental illnesses in people that, you know, you didn't know they had before. But most of the time, drugs, you, drug uses are usually like a, a ramification of the disorder itself. Like, like, for example, somebody that's depressed, they might start using drugs because, <clears throat> you know, they want to manage the symptoms that, that they have. They want to deal with that. Self, those self-deprecating thoughts they want to deal with that lack of motivation you know so so they start to what they call self-medicate but in general you know drugs aren't really the cause of mental illnesses they're, they're just like sort of a way that someone tries to manage them they can cause mental illnesses but in general no they don't cause them they just sort of amplify them I know the other day when we were talking, I actually have felt sad. I was like, oh my gosh, I feel bad. 
I felt, yeah. <laughs> I felt like everything that I had thought about people when I was like, oh my goodness, so bipolar. What a mess, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff like that. It made me feel horrible because I understood it from a different perspective. And, and that's what I walked away with that to be more empathetic and to be more understanding and to, and mostly to know that, that people are not behaving that way because they just want to. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, that's important right there. You you said something that 95% of the people that I've come across probably need to hear. That that they they don't want to behave that way. It's just, you know, it just the way things are for them. You know, this is a mental yeah. illness. It's not something they chose to do. Mm-hmm. And when you actually think about it, like it does make sense that no one would just wake up and say, I'm going to go to work today and just be the right. biggest butt face I can be or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to go there. I'm going to cause tra- a drama. I am going to, uh, aggravate a lot of people no nobody wants to be that way and the reason I use work as my example is because I have to be honest with you I I think we spend more time at work awake hours than what we do at home yeah that's for sure yeah so it's like that's where the majority of your experience is uh, Monday through Friday for the majority of us that's where they come from and then of course you know if you have kids you're involved in different things but you don't really get to see um that too often in those types of environments when you're taking the kids to the soccer game and and when you're taking them to your hip-hop class or the karate or the basketball it's like you're not really engaged with the with the um parents or either they're not bringing coming out you know with Uh in full form displaying those things if they have them so right yeah so I think that it's definitely helped me in that way and so I know that after our conversation I I felt like I had my armor on and it was or you know it was different you know I was walking outside and just like I felt like okay you know rather than me um becoming extremely irritated at certain situations that I'll just step back and take look at it from a different perspective so it helped Mm -hmm. me in that way I really appreciate that and what was another one that you thought was uh, like kind of a common one? Um, ADHD. I mean, I, I think everybody hears about ADHD, and then we always use it in a jokingly ways. You know, we we always tend to say uh, these wild and crazy people have ADHD, which is a lot of the times it is the case. But I'm think... guilty. I've heard <laughs> every like I've used it as like okay. So here's how it worked for me. Mm-hmm. 
if one day I was having problems with my password at work and I had just mm-hmm. changed it. And so, you know how it'll it'll prompt you once you uh, it'll have you put the old password in. Then you have to put yeah. the new password. So when I did that, it was yeah, like telling that. me it was wrong. No, <laughs> it was telling me it was wrong. So I, I because it was the third time I got locked out. So when I called mm-hmm. the help desk to unlock me, I said that I said, oh, my gosh, I don't even have ADHD, but I feel like it's kicking in today. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. so it's like we use that a lot of us. I don't really use that very often, but I found myself using it at least once um, in 2019. Mm-hmm. Happy New Year, by the way. <laughs> Happy New Year to you, too. Thank you. And so, yeah, we do use it in a in a way where it's uh-huh. um, where it's too light. It's sort like, of, yeah, it's sort of stigmatizing, right? You know, people always have that. Oh, I, if I'm making too many mistakes, I got ADHD. And I I think that that sort of usage of the word is rooted in what the disorder actually is. But most ADHD people, you well, I won't say most, but just like anybody else, ADHD people can be extremely intelligent too. You know, I think that that's probably one of the main disorders that are, is one, commonly misdiagnosed, but two, definitely misunderstood by the general population as well. Because ADHD is a brain disorder that is characterized by a multitude of different things. So ADHD and two different and different people look different, but I'm I'm gonna get a general explanation of what ADHD is. It stands for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. So it has two different parts to it. The AD is attention deficit. So attention deficit is kind of like what you were referring to, like the the not being able to focus very well, you know. It, or, or it's just like somebody who makes a lot of careless mistakes. They 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 forget their keys a lot. You you tell them to do something, and, and they forget to do it two seconds later. Somebody who's always daydreaming. Somebody who just can't maintain focus, right? And then the hyperactivity is the more stereotypical part of ADHD. Is that little kid that's bouncing off the wall in class, getting up out of his seat all day, you know, screaming at the top of his lungs, just acting out, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's the part of the disorder that's stigmatized the most. And uh, some people have mainly the attention deficit part. Some people have mainly the hyperactivity part. Some people have a combination of both. And, and in my experience as a therapist, most of my referrals for school age children have something to do with ADHD because a lot of times the teacher are the teachers are not equipped to deal with those symptoms. They aren't equipped to deal with, with a little boy who keep on getting up out of the seat all day. They're not equipped to deal with the the kid that's failing all his tests because he's not paying attention. So, you know, they, they, they throw them into the therapist and then we have to work with that. And, and sometimes these kids do have ADHD, but like I said before, this is one of the most commonly misdiagnosed disorders, especially in the black community, because anytime a kid has any symptoms, they automatically assume that it's ADHD. But ADHD can also be depression as well. It could it can look like ADHD, but it really could be depression. For example, somebody having attention problems which I didn't mention earlier, concentration is a big, is a major symptom of depression. So maybe this kid might be depressed and, and he's not paying attention. He's not focusing, but, but he gets misdiagnosed as ADHD, mm. right? Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Or, or this kid could be extremely hyperactive, but he could also be bipolar as well. So a lot of times therapists, especially therapists that don't really understand black culture and black kids, they have to be very cognizant of the diagnoses that they give these kids. Because if you give them the wrong diagnosis, then you can't treat them effectively because you don't know what you're treating. You're treating a completely different diet. You're treating a completely different disorder. So that's a disorder that I talk about in my book. I talk about how black children and children in general, but especially black children are misdiagnosed with that. Mm-hmm. So they're, that's where they're wanting to put them. Is that where they offer them Ritalin a lot of times? Mm-hmm. Yes, Ritalin is a drug they use. Is that something that you uh, recommend that they put they put the kids on when they're? Is that well, like a, is that a good thing? It, it can be. It, it can be for sure. But like I said before, I'm for for medication diagnoses. You would have to talk to a psychiatrist. I'm a, I'm a therapist. Psychiatrist is basically a medical doctor for mental health. Got Those it. are the people that you go to for prescriptions with medications. I'm the talk therapy guy. The the psychologist, I mean the psychiatrist is the guy that prescribes the medications. Mhm. Whenever someone goes to therapy, who determines whether or not they get to move to the next guy? Well, well, it depends on who they see first. So say for instance, I'm a teacher, right? And mm-hmm. and I got a kid, he he's he's let's say he's showing some ADHD symptoms. Let's say I know a little bit about ADHD and he's showing some ADHD symptoms what what would be the best thing to do in that situation will be to refer him to a psychiatrist and then yes. you refer him to a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist would determine whether or not he needs medication and then if he's still having issues then the psychiatrist would send him to me or he would send them to another therapist, like a licensed professional counselor or a social worker. He would send them to those type of therapists. And then we would do talk therapy. And that talk therapy essentially would be me working with him and his parents to, to help him get coping skills to deal with his lack of attention or his, maybe his hyperactive personality. Is that something that, that people grow out of? Or do you have ADHD for life? You have it for life, but if it's managed correctly, it won't be a problem at all. You have it for life, but a lot of times you don't see adults like bouncing off the wall and, and, you know, like the hyperactive stuff. You don't see too much of that in in adults because they do tend to grow out of those sets of symptoms, especially if they're managed well. Mm -hmm. But uh, it, it is a lifelong disorder. I know that you have mentioned something about PTSD. This is one that mm. I think that I don't really understand at all. Um, when mm. I hear about PTSD, I um, I immediately think that the person could have a flip out moment. And I think mm. I, I see it in my mind. I thought that it would be usually because they went to war or something like that. But now I'm mm. starting to hear people use it more off more frequently who have mm. never been in the military that's an excellent question uh ptsd is a very complicated disorder so i'm gonna just give the rundown of what it is 
sometimes, like you said, a lot of times people think of PTSD, they think of, you know, like like first responders and, and war vets and stuff yes. like that, right? The truth of the matter is PTSD can affect anyone. You don't have to be in a war to experience PTSD. You don't have to be shot at or anything like that to experience PTSD. However, you do have to have a life-threatening experience. And as we all know, anybody can have a life-threatening experience, especially people growing up in the hood and whatnot. You know, they, they yes. all mostly like myself, I grew up in the hood. Like most people have had a life-threatening experience or two, right? Yes. So what the disorder is essentially is that when you experience that life-threatening situation or you hear about a life-threatening uh, situation, what happens is your brain goes into a fight or flight mode. And when you have that fight or flight mode, sort of activates all of your senses to protect you, right? So somebody with PTSD, their mind is in a state of constant fight or flight mode. And, and it can be easily triggered by situations to be put back into that fight or flight mode. So basically when something traumatic happens, your brain gets stuck in that terror that you were in in the moment that caused the trauma. So for instance, it, let's say, I'm a boy growing up in the hood, right? And I mm -hmm. witnessed a drive-by shooting. When I see that drive-by shooting, I, I'm startled. I'm afraid. So mm -hmm. when I'm I'm scared, my fight or flight sense kicks in to protect me so that I can, you know, I get the adrenaline pumping and all these different chemicals in my body. It protects me so that I can get away from the situation. But when somebody's body doesn't act in the way that it should be, and they get PTSD, they stay in that mode. They, they never leave the, the fight or flight mode, right? So that's why you, you see them like acting out because they're having flashbacks because their brain is malfunctioning and it's trying to protect them in a situation where they don't need protection. The only way to really help that situation is to teach the person coping skills to recognize that they're no longer needing to be in that fight or flight mode. Are these people that when when you have PSTD, PTSD, PT, yeah, PTSD. <laughs> I always get that mixed up. When, mm -hmm. when a person has that, are they able to go back into like if they're an adult, for example, mm -hmm. do they go back into the workforce or are they now considered as someone who can't work because they can have uh, triggers throughout? Well, it depends on the severity of the the disorder so it's really by case answer for that question okay. but in general yeah people people who have ptsd become normal members of society most people who have ptsd rarely ever experience the symptoms you know now they can be triggered by certain things or they can you know just be triggered by nothing and it, but if you have the coping skills then you can kind of navigate that and it's not as you're not experiencing as many symptoms as somebody who's not getting the treatment. So in general, you have PTSD, then you start having episodes. But if you go and see a therapist or a psychiatrist or a psychologist and you get the tools that you need to be a normal member of society, then then you don't have those symptoms 
or at least you, if you have them, you know how to manage them. If so, a person who has that, what does that look like? Is that someone who just gets like angry? What is the other word? Um, that's greater than anger. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know, but uh, what I will say, <laughs> <laughs> what I will say is that what PTSD looks like in general, because in different people it looks different. Got it. But in general, PTSD is a, a variety of symptoms. The main are intrusive thoughts, which means like they they can't stop thinking about that situation. Like man, they might be chilling, and then they're thinking about you know being raped or or, or having being shot at or whatever situation caused the PTSD, right? Mm -hmm. And, and it, then another symptom is also like flashbacks or or like flashbacks or just like reminders of the situation. So a flashback. I was saying before, it's like your brain is putting you back in that situation because it's trying to protect you. Your brain doesn't understand that you're not in danger. Your brain is only doing what it's designed to do is protect you when you have those elevated chemicals in your body's functioning the way that they do to protect you. Your brain don't understand that this ain't real. Your brain just does what it's designed to do. So you end up feeling like you're right back in that situation because you're in survival mode. Mm -hmm. So flashbacks are, are a symptom. Uh, anxiety about situations where you could potentially re-experience trauma is a symptom. Um, a lot of depression-related symptoms are symptoms of PTSD, like guilt, like self-deprecating thoughts, lack of motivation. Like you said, anger is definitely a symptom a lot of times people have what they call survivor's remorse which is basically feeling like they they're feeling bad about the things that they had to do to survive that traumatic situation you know mm -hmm. that that's very common amongst the uh military population where you know they, they might have had to take somebody's life to survive and, mm -hmm. and they're feeling guilty about that or they're feeling guilty because they might have survived and somebody else didn't and another thing about PTSD that I want to talk about is that you don't have to have a situation done at the hands of somebody else to experience. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's PTSD. PTSD can be from like a natural disaster, like a hurricane. Mm -hmm. it, it could be from a, a terminal illness. It could a, a be terminal illness, mm -hmm, like cancer or, or, you know, whatever else illness that's life threatening. So once it, they heal, yeah. you mean they just they still feel like I am in that sick mode like. And... Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh. sure. Yeah. And I've seen examples where other people like maybe a parent of somebody with a terminal illness has that fight or flight mode. They're in panic mode constantly because they almost lost their child, you know? Mm -hmm. And, or you could 
experienced PTSD from like a, a severe injury, like somebody that might have broke their neck or broke their leg or on the job or something like that. PTSD. Mm-hmm. You know what I noticed? I know someone who was studying all of the different illnesses. And um, is it common that when you hear about different types of Ill- of the mental illnesses that people start to think, oh, I have that and I have this mm-hmm. and I have that. Mm-hmm. What What is that called? It's called hypochondriasis. It, and what that is, is basically where a person is a, a hypochondriac and, and that person always thinks that they have a mental illness. That's an actual mental disorder, but now it's called illness anxiety disorder. What that is, is basically what you said, where you learn about different illnesses and you always think that you have them. And it's just a different strand of anxiety. Wow, this is so interesting to hear that Mm. there's so many different things that Mm. it's crazy. I mean, I don't want to use that. You know what it's doing for me, Aaron? (laughs) (laughs) It's making me more cautious, I think, about like just throwing words out there. Right. Like, that's, that's what it's intended to do. Yes. Yeah. Instead of me being like, oh, my goodness, you are so bipolar. Girl, stop mm-hmm. acting bipolar. Or either, mm-hmm. um, even like, you are so crazy. I know we right. use, we take all of these things and we find a way to use them in our everyday mm-hmm. uh, communication. And we take away the, the, um, the power. What is it? We take away the, the take away the power. Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah, we take away the power yeah. of what it truly means because now we've watered mm-hmm. it down, and now we're saying bipolar, so no one's taking it serious because we're now yes. we have we have labeled twenty different people that we've seen mm-hmm. today as bipolar, and so now we're like, oh, bipolar. <laughs> They're just bipolar. And so that I think that that is one of the things that I find just with speaking with you that I recognize that we have to change. You know, we are using these things in a lighthearted way. I mean, we're using it directed at someone that we feel has a certain type of behavior that may not have that or they may have it but it's just used you, you feel where i'm coming from. I, I know you I feel do. me. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I yeah. definitely feel it. That's what compelled me to write the book because I, I, when I was working in the field, well, I still work in the field, but throughout my earlier experiences in the mental health field, I, I noticed that a lot of the problems that people have come from not knowing that they have them. You know, mm-hmm. I, I worked in a, I worked in a prison. A lot of the inmates had mental illnesses that they weren't aware of. I work doing substance abuse treatment groups. A lot of these people who had substance abuse issues had underlying mental health issues, PTSD, depression, et cetera, et cetera. They were self-medicating, trying to deal with those issues. I work in as a marriage and family therapist. I notice a lot of the couples in the families have issues because they have mental illnesses. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? I noticed yeah. a lot of people were going in and out of jail because they weren't treating these mental illnesses. So if only they understood the mental illnesses that they had, then they could get the treatment that they need and they can stop having the problems that they have. The book for me, is just a vessel to teach black and brown people and even, you know, white folks who are interested and I, I, I use this book to teach them about mental illnesses so that they won't have those problems. Yeah. And I, I do understand exactly what you're saying, that the mil- mental illnesses have no color lines. Uh-huh. But we, you, most people find that in, 
in certain cultures or uh, races that they mm-hmm. they they tend to get the treatment that they need a little faster than what they do or recognize it quicker or, or you know the barriers are not there for them to receive that that treatment than what it is in the black community that's absolutely yeah, true due to what you said about the stigma so we don't care what race you guys are if you know that you buy the book and and educate yourself Aaron has not only a Instagram page but he also has a Facebook page and it is titled The Mental Health Matters. You guys look him up, follow him, and be on the lookout for his book. I'm excited for your book to come out. And I have much respect for you, Aaron. And I appreciate yeah. what you're doing. You have helped to open my minds up and to help me to have a better understanding. And because I have that understanding, it means that other people will have that understanding now and you being on the show. And I, when I say other people, I mean like within my family and my friends, you know, and, and of course, everyone that listens to the show, they'll definitely have a better understanding of um, of what's going on out there. I'm glad that you created your page. Thank Pages, you. both of them. Yep. You guys are going to be impressed, I'm sure. I um, think you're doing a good job. I appreciate that. I know before we end, I I know you had mentioned um, when we had spoke before, there was one more. It was called a social. Social anxiety. Yeah. Social anxiety. One that was brand new to my ears. Mm -hmm. Social anxiety is a disorder that's basically the fear of being judged negatively by others. I don't know if you are familiar with her music, but is an artist by the name of Summer Walker. She had to cancel a bunch of her uh, tours because she was feeling socially anxious and she got a lot of backlash on social media and whatnot. And uh, social anxiety basically is usually confused. It's like shyness. A lot of people, when you hear somebody say they shy, a lot of times they might have social anxiety. I mean, there are people who are actually shy, but social anxiety it's like shyness times tens. Social anxiety is those people who are afraid to eat in public. Social anxiety are people who are afraid to use public restrooms. Social anxiety are people who don't advance in their career as they should because they're afraid to speak up. They're afraid to, to raise their hand and answer questions in class. They're afraid to, to go on a job interview because they don't want to be judged negatively. And I think we all have... Uh, insecurities and things that we're self-conscious about but once it becomes to the point where it's debilitating and you can't function as a normal member of society then you probably have social anxiety mm-hmm. yeah social anxiety that's that was a new one for me mm-hmm. wow so with there being over 200 how many of them do you talk about in your book because that right there was a lot to mm-hmm. me well, I talk about every last one of them in my book that I just mentioned. I, so roughly, I would say I talk about 15 different disorders. And I also talk about issues that intersect with uh, mental health. Such What I mean by intersect with mental health is I talk about the connection of certain issues with mental health. For example, I talk about what they call recidivism, which is the tendency for a person to... Uh, 
to go into incarceration. I talk about that in the book. I talk about how poverty affects mental health. I talk about how substance abuse affects mental health. I talk about family issues, marriage issues. I talk about how trauma affects mental health. I also talk just in general about certain social and cultural issues that we in the black community or and also other communities experience that affect our mental health. And I also give some thoughts and pointers on how to correct your mental health without going to a therapist. I, I, I give, I don't want to be cocky, but I give away some of the game that therapists mm. use to help people. You guys hear that? Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a book that's definitely worth having on the bookshelf. Absolutely. That's something. Erin, you know, I have a bookshelf and I love like oftentimes we say, oh, this person has a fetish for this Mm -hmm. or this person has a fetish for that. I think if that is something that is a real thing, mine is for books. Me too. I have a bookshelf, not a bookshelf. I have like the three pieces that are put together and it is full. And I'm now like looking around my place and I'm like, Mm -hmm. where can I put another one? And one of the things that I think I, I definitely want to do is put one maybe, and this might be a bad thing, but I want to put one in my room. And, really? and have Yeah. I, and, you know, I'm into self-help. I, I yeah. love all that kind of stuff. Those books are amazing to me, like, because they give away so many, like you said, tips and, mm-hmm. and, and, the, and a part of the game, depending on what it is mm-hmm. that it's talking about. So you definitely have my support. And I brought you on the show because what you're talking about, and I appreciate it, like I said, and um, thank you so much. It's all, I almost feel like thank you. If I say thank you for your service, <laughs> is that the right way to say that? I, I don't know, but I mean, service. it's a pleasure for me to be here. So. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is like you're provi- you are providing a service to people, mm-hmm. you know, like I, a, a I knowledge, knowledge to people and service because of what you do in your work. I think that mental health in itself is something that a lot of people stigmatize because stigmatizing it is the easiest way to go about it. If you stigmatize mental health, then that means you probably won't do anything to correct it, right? You know, is it because it makes it easier to 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 not do something about a stigma, you know, it makes it easier. Well, man, I got depression, man. I can't do nothing about that. But the truth of the matter is that all these issues can be managed. They can be corrected if you put in the right amount of effort. And, and I tell my clients this all the time. And this don't even just go for mental illnesses. It goes for everything. I tell them this. You cannot recover from whatever issue that you have overnight, right? It, it takes constant effort over time. And that effort that you put in accumulates so basically, you got to look at it like you're building a house. You can't build a house in one day. You got to lay a brick each day. And if you lay a brick each day, eventually your efforts will accumulate and you'll be where you want to be. So if you, you got depression, just do one small thing every day. Take a small step towards your goal and then you'll get where you're going. But if you never take that small step and you give up before you even start, you'll stay where you're at. So that's something I want to tell a lot of people that might need to hear that today. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. I really do appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate out, you. You know. 
Wow, you guys, that was very informative. I feel like I learned so much from Aaron. I wanted to say thank you so much, Aaron, for coming on the show and sharing your knowledge. You guys, don't forget to follow Aaron on Instagram and also on Facebook, The Mental Health Matters. At the beginning of the show, you guys, I had mentioned to you that when um, we got to the end of the show, I was going to share with you what an experience was that I had when it came to mental uh, illness. Well, in in our family, when I was younger, we had um, several people that we were around and a couple of them were in our family. And I remember thinking that something was different about them, but no one had ever really discussed it with us to make us aware of exactly what it was. But I could definitely see some differences um, within them. And as a child, it scared me. I'm not going to lie and say that I was okay with it. And it was because of the different behavior, um, kind of angry and different things like that. I'm sharing this to let you guys know that it can impact anybody. None of us are exempt from having a family member or a loved one or a friend that we may know or just um, seeing strangers on the street. You know, we basically have all encountered someone at some point in our life that had that has had or have a mental illness. And so, um, as Aaron discussed during the podcast, we just have to be empathetic. I also want to share this with you guys. Did you know that one in five people experience a mental health condition? This was something that was news to me. I had no idea that it was one in five. Also, you guys, Mental Health America and affiliates across the country have led observance of May as Mental Health Month. I love that they um, have been doing this since 1949. So that's pretty interesting. And also, if you are a loved one is believed to be suffering from a mental illness, please call 1-877-890-5536. You guys don't forget, January the 8th, we have Stephanie Ghost and Paul premiering her podcast, it's called Take Nothing When I Die. If you guys missed the podcast with Stephanie and I that aired in December, please look it up and listen to the podcast. And uh, I'm excited about that, Take Nothing When I Die. You guys know how I loved uh, the name of the podcast. Also, last but not least, you guys, I know that you probably already heard Tanya J. Miller's and I podcast and maybe watched a YouTube video. I want you guys to check that show out again. She dropped a lot of gems and uh, follow her on Instagram. She's also on Facebook and you guys check out her website. I ordered a couple of the books and I can't wait to share with you guys all the details as much as I can about the books. And also I ordered a pen and I think it's the one that was unapologetically me or something. I'll share that with you once I get it. And I also got like the four cards that have like positive sayings on them as well. All right, you guys, I hope that you enjoyed today's show. Thank you guys so much for giving me the reviews and for um, giving me the feedback. I really do appreciate it. I read all of them. Please keep those reviews coming. I'm also asking that you please share the podcast with family and friends. Thank you guys again for tuning in. I'm Shantae with Authentic Talks. 
it. You, you got depression, just do one small thing every day. Take a small step towards your goal and then you'll get where you're going. But if you never take that small step and you give up before you even start, you'll stay where you're at. So that's something I want to tell a lot of people that might need to hear that today. 